Hello and welcome to The Chronic Glow Show. I'm your host, Amy, and I'm a mindset coach and mentor for women with chronic illness who are ready to reclaim their power, feel confident, and live life with freedom and flow. I am so grateful that you chose to listen to this episode today, so let's dive straight in. Welcome back to another episode of the Chronic Glow Show. Today I am um, introducing Alicia to the show and she's coming on to talk all about her business but also long COVID. So she got long COVID, I think was it right at the beginning of the pandemic Um, and she, you know, this is 18 months later and she's still suffering with it but she's coming on to share her experience with that and what she's doing now as a result. So Alicia, would you like to introduce yourself? I would, Amy, and thank you so much for having me. So hello, everybody. My name is uh, Alicia, and I am here, as Amy said, to talk about my experience with long COVID. Um, I am what the doctors technically call a high-functioning person that's managing to live with with this this symptom, these symptoms and and this this issue, right? Um, But it's something that I'm quite passionate about talking about because right at the start of the pandemic, when I fell sick with COVID, um, it was all a bit uncertain and, and wasn't even sure if I had it and I didn't know as a 29 year old at that time um, how much impact it would have on me and before this I was otherwise fit and healthy as well so yeah it's it's had a real impact on me to be honest it's something I'm going to share a bit more about in this podcast but as well as COVID I don't want to just identify as a long COVIDer there are there are more strings to my bow you'll be pleased to know so I am also a mental health advocate I'm super passionate about all things mental health and I do support a number of different charitable causes as well it's one of those things that's that's one of my key purpose drivers right is being able to give back and support and actually at the moment I'm doing something a bit crazy I'm uh, swimming swimming 21 miles in the month of September whilst we're recording this podcast um, to raise money and awareness for the Mamusi Foundation for period poverty for girls in Kenya so fab cause and as you can probably imagine a real physical challenge especially having recovered from Covid and, and moving through that still but you know what if it doesn't challenge you it won't change you so let's give it a go <laughs> now as well as that um, I am now 30 mentioned I was 29 when I, I had Covid and I live in London I'm in the UK sunny London today as we're recording this podcast and outside of all of those side things that I'm passionate about and and things that form part of who I am I actually started my own business last year and and it's something I'm going to share as part of my story here because when I was very sick I had this moment of realization of of, you know I'm, I'm not living a life in alignment and there's some things that I really want to do I've been putting off for a while now and one of them was starting my own business and and moving into coaching so that's exactly what I did so I work with women as a life and business coach that helps other women build the life and career of their dreams so really passionate about being able to build businesses and build careers in a sustainable way avoiding burnout avoiding stress showing that we can actually move through these things and grow and be ambitious and not have to burn yourself out in the process right which I did myself I had to have some time off with stress a few years back so I know how easily it's done um so yeah super passionate about working with women in this way in my business so that's me Amy in in a kind of nutshell (laughs) (laughs) I love it when people always ask me and I'm like where should I start (laughs) I know that's amazing I feel like I could listen to you talk about like all the mental health stuff that you do and the COVID and everything it's so inspiring that especially the swimming challenge 21 miles that's that's a lot tell me a little bit more about that like how how does that look 
Well, it looks like pretty much daily swims. It's, it's been mostly five to six days a week so far. We're on day nine at the moment. And this morning, I just actually did my first 100 lengths, which is two kilometers. I've never swam that far in my life before, um, which is super exciting all in one go. Um, but yeah, it's kind of been planning out the month and, and looking at the days and how I'm going to get the miles done. Because of course, 21 miles over a month sounds doable, but it is still a, a challenge, right? My pool is mm. 20 meters in length. So <laughs> it's quite a lot of lengths, quite a lot of lengths to get to 21 miles. Uh, so yeah, at the moment, I'm enjoying it. It's going well. The biggest challenge, as we were speaking about before we started, this is the hair wash sequence. Because I was your once a week hair wash kind of girl before doing this, but we can't leave the chlorine in too long. So uh, yeah, that's probably the biggest challenge. Um, but no I'm really enjoying it and it was something I wanted to do to challenge myself physically because of course where we still are in the UK and, and many people are across the world a lot of these organized challenges and things that charities are doing have been cancelled or postponed and I wanted to think of a way that I could support and give back because I was actually due to go to Kenya Amy this month to support the charity right. out on the ground um, it was originally 2020 the trip to Kenya in September it then got postponed and although things have moved forward a bit and I am double jabbed and, and things are moving moving in the right direction with Kenya being such a vulnerable country and, and us not wanting to risk that and taking it out there I thought what is something that I can do to to give back and give some money at least to support the causes um that they're working on so yeah that is why I'm doing that and I am a bit Amazing. mad I love, I love doing crazy things I've thrown myself out of planes I've done mountain hikes I've done treks across Cambodia so you know I am a bit of a thrill seeker I will not lie um so yeah this is quite tame quite tame but we're, we're moving through it <laughs> anything for a challenge <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so let's rewind to sort of the beginning of the pandemic talk mm -hmm. us through sort of um how covid when you got it how it affected you and and how it's ended up becoming long covid of course yeah so do you know what i um i joke about this and say i was a trendsetter because i actually got covid before boris so when he, <laughs> I, was like, I was like hold on a minute how's he getting this level of care and i'm not um jokes aside but no i fell sick in march it was it was mid to end march when i first fell sick and it, it was just a, a raised temperature a bit of a cough and at that time i thought it was nothing more than a bit of a winter cold you know kind of february march time sometimes we get these things right and i completely dismissed it amy to be honest i was one of them people because at that time it was still very new wasn't it and everything was kind of popping up and, and happening and didn't really take it very seriously and it was only then about a week after after that when I first got the symptoms that I was working from home as, as, as many of us have been for a while now and I coughed and I looked down at my hand and there was blood and I panicked and was like oh my goodness what's happening kind of thing and my boss at the time um, she was talking to me on, on Microsoft Teams on the computer on Messenger and I told her what had happened she rang me she helped she rang an ambulance like I was panicking because I basically been continuing doing stuff with a fever with a bit of a cough just presuming it was like a flu or cold and my symptoms just really quickly deteriorated so I had an ambulance out they came checked all of my obs my oxygen was lower than it should have been but it wasn't threatening they then said to me there and then they come with the whole hazmat suit it was like who are gonna call ghostbusters at my door like my neighbors <laughs> have been like what the hell is going on um and yeah they came in and they were like look there's an eight hour wait at the hospital there's no bed you'll be sitting on the floor you're best off at home we're pretty sure from your symptoms you've got covid i then said well can i be tested and it was you may remember right then no not even the nhs staff had enough tests to get tested right so it was a really really tricky time and as we've now learned and in order for you to show positive it has to be within I think it's the first seven to 14 days so what then happened in those following weeks Amy was I stayed at home I thought I got better I then stupidly continued about my life I was going out running still doing things at home and then I took a complete like 
U-turn again back to being super sick and that was quite common then actually where people would kind of have like a false hire feeling good and then bad again and that that happened exactly to me and before you know it I was then actually put back in hospital and it was frustrating to tell you the truth because where I was 29 I didn't even have anything like asthma or any underlying health conditions you know I was I was in inverted commas fit and healthy you know I'd had a number of different things that had happened in the past like I've had some mental health issues I was I was at the time taking um tablets for my anxiety and depression and some things like that that I'd been moving through but I didn't have any you know other medical medical issues right so really challenging to get anybody to take me seriously to get any tests to get anything like that and just back and forth in and out of hospital on antibiotics because is it a chest infection you know all these different tablets and things they were giving me each time that I went in and I guess what was quite frightening at the start was although I'm you know I'm so grateful to the NHS and the incredible support I got in the end for for my illness but at that time where it was still so new and everything they were just putting us all in the same room and even if I didn't have COVID I'm pretty sure that's when I caught it if not is if I was if I didn't have it before Amy I definitely caught it all them times I went back in because we were all put in at that time when it was so new in the same space no social distancing like it was you know completely different time right um but yeah it was back and forth I had a shadow on my left side of my lung I then got pericarditis which is a swelling around the heart and an irregular heartbeat rhythm um and then the final time that I got put back in when they actually admitted me and finally took me seriously was when I had to be put on oxygen and at this point as well I actually went through Booper because through my my job which I didn't actually mention at the start of this podcast but um I work in a nine-to-five job as well I work in banking and through that I get healthcare support so I got Booper and I rang them at that time and I managed to get um a private appointment with a respiratory consultant at Guy's Hospital in London because I'm I am based in London they phoned my local hospital and were like get her in now and get her a bed like why are you not like taking this seriously like she she's you know this is dangerous kind of thing anyway when I got then readmitted I was on I think it was 88 my sats were on oxygen which was really bad like you know kind of sounds 88 out of 100 sounds quite high but they say anything below 95 is you know kind of not looking good right so I finally thought well at least I'm here at this point Amy I'd been in and out over the space of about six weeks and of course the COVID had actually gone then but I was left with the knock-on impacts Mm. I had as I say the lung infection the shadow the heart issue I was having issues with my sleep at the time I had nausea as well I was on anti-sickness I was being put on drips like it was just oh my body was pumped through so many antibiotics I probably didn't even need to tell you the truth and all these different things were going on and I was just getting more and more frustrated because it was the time as well no one could be there you know my boyfriend couldn't come and visit me in hospital my family they live three hours away as well they were so worried like they saw that I was in hospital and couldn't come and do anything about it and it was lonely and I was scared because I hate needles as well like I absolutely hate them and it was the first time I'd ever had to have a drip in my life or had like a you know had an IV put in and all these different things so I was terrified of going through all of this alone and I eventually got seen as I say got admitted got in and that was when I was given my own room I went to a different hospital I went to King's uh, King George's Hospital instead of Queen's which was the one I was at before and the the care was incredible you know they were coming around giving me food and drink a nurse come and sat by my bedside with me as well when I was crying and given the news that I might have to go on to ventilation and was like I need to talk to my mum and you know all these things go through your head right and and that genuinely was a moment Amy we can speak about this shortly once I've, I've kind of gone through the COVID chat I guess but it was that moment where I genuinely had a fuck if I die now like if I genuinely 
go through this because it did cross my mind. I was surrounded by people in beds that were dying every day. Mm. I was. It was it was a really frightening time in the pandemic. And although I was, you know, the tick boxes of young, fit, healthy, no existing conditions, I was absolutely floored and knocked off my feet, you know. And I thought, how is it that I'm going to get put onto this machine and knocked into a coma? And will I wake up? Because at that time, there were a lot of people that weren't coming out of that sadly so very very frightening moving through that and over the period then of two to three hours when they were coming back to do further observations on me my oxygen recovered up to 98 and the doctor actually said to me this is a miracle he said I don't know how this has happened like you've gone from being here to gasping for air to completely like your lungs have just kind of come come back on us kind of thing let's monitor you keep you in for a bit longer but we're not going to put you onto ventilation and honestly like this is us oh, giving me shivers a bit talking about it now but I shut my eyes at that moment and was like I asked my nan for help and my nan was like my biggest fan basically my second mum and she died a few years ago and she was the first person I thought of when this was all happening and I kind of almost prayed to her like I'm not religious but I kind of just said like it's not I'm not ready yet I've got so many more things I want to do on this earth and I'm young and I've not done the things I want to do right so I was like please 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 I need to stay here I'm, I need to do this and I genuinely believe that I, I came through it like I really think my mindset and kind of pushing through and you know being positive and, and, and trying to move through that it helped right and obviously I did have some incredible care so yeah that was the end of my hospital visits after that and then I was put back at home on bed rest and was off off for three months three months out of work um recovering and yeah quite quickly after that Amy um everything seemed to go back to normal and I was amazed at how quickly my body recovered like I was honestly like wow how amazing you know genuinely had gratitude for my body to be honest because there's been so many times in the past I'm sure many women listening to this will relate where I've beaten myself up about gaining weight or you know not looking nice in a certain outfit and things and I was sitting there thinking like my body is fucking amazing like I have come through quite literally being that close to you know to, to death as dramatic as it sounds you know close to losing my life and close to you you know moving through through this illness in this way and here I am now just three months later back to the gym back to walking back to eating back to living and being you know an actual person that can do things and isn't bed bound again and it was a false high to be honest for the first few months and then quite quickly the fatigue started to come um I lost my menstrual cycle as well and I actually only gained that back two months ago and the irony is I know that for some people the vaccines lost it but it brought mine back um so, so I don't know I mean maybe it's a coincidence Amy it might not be a genuine thing that happened but yeah fortunately thank goodness mine's come back now but that was one, one of the first things that went my menstrual cycle when I then had issues as I say with the fatigue and major exhaustion but there was a bit of confusion at the time around that because I actually have had anemia since I was like maybe 22 23 so I know that I get tired anyway and I have to take iron supplements but this felt different like this felt like I couldn't go a day without having a nap like I had to have a nap every single day and I still do now actually it's quite funny because I'm like <laughs> with my boss I'm like I'm just going for my lunchtime nap like like, like an absolute queen like a diva but very I grateful love that so much <laughs> yeah very grateful that I've got an amazing support network around me that allows me to do that um but yeah the fatigue was the biggest thing um I've then had insomnia and brain fog 
fog as well brain fog has been a major issue for me and especially because you know I do quite a lot of things as you, you probably heard at the start right I've got my business I've got my job and you know I, I'm doing these other things for charity and bits so I just remember feeling so frustrated because I was like I've gone from being a totally capable being that can do things mentally and physically to now being exhausted all the time and just not being able to function like you know past and, and even now still Amy you know I'm glad you booked that we booked this for 11 a.m because I'm <laughs> past about 1 p.m I'm done but I can't my mornings are the time that my brain's fine and then yeah in the afternoon that's it you may as well just whack me in front of the telly with Netflix and I'm done for the day like I can't. that's literally <laughs> me I'm, I'm so good at like getting up at six <laughs> o'clock and I can power through and then like after lunch I'm like whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes I'll get a second wind about like six, seven o'clock and it'll last for maybe yeah. two hours. And then by eight, I'm, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad it's not just me. I'm sure there's many Definitely others not. that like it. Yeah, I'm definitely a morning bird, not a night owl. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that, that's been something, right, that's changed within me. Um, but some weird things have happened as well. Like I've had like rashes on my skin at times. I had as well what I thought was COVID again, got tested for it. Actually had to have a bloody ambulance out again because my oxygen levels went. And the reason I know that is because I've got one of them things now that you clip on. I can't think what it's called for the life of me, but you clip it on your finger, it checks. And I have to use it every now and then just to check if I'm breathless, just to see see kind of what's happened. Um, but yeah, I didn't. And they did say that it can be, they're finding with people with long COVID, they're getting like repeating symptoms coming back quite later down the line that just kind of you have relapses almost that kind of like come um so that was quite scary to be honest and right up until I'm trying to think when the last time was I probably had this now I think it was probably March April time the last time I felt this but I'd get these random stints of breathlessness where it would come back and it would come back as well Amy not when I'm exercising but when I'm just sitting at home or when I was like walking with a friend I think one of the most memorable moments was when I was with my my other half and my friend and her partner and we were walking through the streets in Canterbury and I had to stop I had to literally stop to one side and go I can't catch my breath and this was six months after I'd had COVID and I was like what's going on like you know <laughs> and uh, from having conversations with my doctors because I did keep following these things up right and they'd said look with what happened to your lungs and with this pericarditis it's going to take between six months to a year for the capillaries to all repair and for all this to kind of come back right so you know Rome wasn't built in a day and my lungs certainly didn't recover in a day either um, so yeah it's taken a while taken some time to move through that but I guess like the it's been frustrating really and if I put it in one word I'm sure that you know you've got many listeners that listen to this that suffer from from different chronic illnesses and, and things as well and maybe that's a word they can relate to as well frustrating not being able to get the right help and support and I think this has been a real challenge because it is so novel and I've actually felt a bit I don't know if guilty is the right word but like I felt um I've not felt like 100% happy being like oh I've got long COVID or labeling myself with that because the virus itself is so novel right and it's it's forever changing and developing and even with long COVID they're trying to learn what that means I was a bit scared to kind of almost put that label to it and think about well what does this mean is is long COVID going to last forever or is it just that Amy maybe it's a year or two after whilst the body repairs then the symptoms go you know it's it's been quite frightening and I didn't really know you know I, I was worried about what other people would think of me as well like would people judge me and not take it seriously and go oh, long COVID that's a load of rubbish um but to be honest like I'm grateful really grateful because although I've still got some of these these things that I'm working through and I'm under the doctor and have to have you know tests quite regularly and, and go back and review things 
I am high functioning. As I said at the start, I'm very high functioning. I'm able to still work day to day. Yes, I have to take my naps. And you know what? Every now and then, probably every few weeks or at least once a month, I have to take a bit of sick time. But work are cool with that because they know that it's the long COVID. They know that it's not me just, you know, being like, I'm just going to take a sofa day, hon. Um, <laughs> it's me needing to look after myself. But, you know, it's, it, it is hard to manage, Amy, because I'm not sick enough to go full time sick. But I have these moments and I just need to be intuitive and listen, mm. right? And tune in and go, when is it getting too much or when can I feel myself starting to slip off that slope because there has been a couple of times where I've not caught myself in time and then I have been sick for a longer period right so and I guess that's the same with anything isn't it you know even if you're stressed and you've got lots on you need to like catch it before you you know go off the edge yeah and 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 actually we're very similar in that um my my chronic illness started with glandular fever another viral infection I think things viral isn't it yeah and (laughs) and I got that when I was 16 and and it's very similar to you I was very very ill for about six months and then it kind of disappeared and I was able to you know this is when I was 16 17 so I was able to go out with my friends go back to school do all of the things be a normal sort of 16 17 year old and then it came back and it was like just it completely knocked me for six and then I ended up getting diagnosed with MA or chronic fatigue syndrome, which I know a lot of my listeners have as well. And I think, um, you know, long COVID is very similar in that it is this viral infection that it's just, it gives you, like you said, there's like that's that, that first sort of initial, Oh, I'm, I'm feeling quite okay. good. Yeah. And then it's like, no, you're not. <laughs> um, and it can take months and months and months. And, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, 10 years, nearly 10 years on from it, I think nine coming up 10. And I'm still very much suffer now, not to the same degree. And I would probably, um, technically I'd probably be high functioning as well. Mm. Um, and where you said before, like you're not sick enough to go on sick leave, but you're not well enough to be like full yeah, on. 100%. It's that like mid- middle man isn't it? And I feel like a lot of my li- listeners might be able to resonate with myself as well. And you where you're not ill enough to be off and off ill and not be working and not be able to do anything, but you're also not well enough to actually live a normal, normal quotation life. And you're kind of in this in between where you're almost, it's a weird thing because part of you actually almost wants you to be a little bit worse. You could actually get treatments and actually like get things sorted so you can, Mm. you know, have a recovery, but then also you obviously don't want to get worse you want to get better (laughs) it's like this weird middle scenario and and I think that's what people really struggle to understand from the outside perspective because you can do exercise you can go to work you can go and socialize but with big limitations and the, the limitations are what people don't see so could we talk a little bit about how you've managed obviously being an it's an invisible condition how how have you managed with with that side of things oh do you know what it's, it's been really hard to be honest because like I, I'm very lucky that I've got you know friends that are very understanding and you know supportive family and people around me that get that you know kind of get it but there's been the odd person that hasn't right and it, it's it's a tricky one you know even just last week I'd met up with a few friends in London and I kept yawning and I kept like kind of zoning out of conversations every now and then and I actually had to say look I'm sorry girls I'm not you're not boring me I'm just I'm really struggling because I'd normally have a nap now <laughs> I'm not having my um so yeah you know feel feel like a total diva but it's it's embarrassing and I I know I I shouldn't be ashamed of it I know I shouldn't be but 
as you say, with it being invisible and especially, you know, with COVID being so novel and people not understanding in the same way, to be honest, you know, I actually had a really, really close friend of mine that I went to primary school and high school with who had ME and she was so misunderstood and only got a proper diagnosis when we were like 15. And, you know, similarly with this, it's like not everybody gets it and it can be so limiting and it's difficult because you can book things in with the best intent and then it comes to the day and you don't want to let people down. But then it's that balance between do I push through and go? to this social event or to this thing and see how I manage and, and you know maybe it's that I come home early or I have some kind of balance or do I cancel and piss my friend off or let someone down and you know kind of give yourself that rest and, and I think the one thing that I've had to be quite firm with Amy especially with my business with my day job and and all the things that happen around it is boundaries firm boundaries mm. and just knowing what I can do and what I can delegate because that's been to be honest a big learning curve for me regardless of the illness I'm someone that loves to do I like to do stuff I don't want to ask anyone else to do it I will do it and it's not because I don't trust anybody but it's because I like to get shit done and you know I'm my own <laughs> boss I will do this do that and I'm, I'm aware right I know I've got my to-do list and I can do things but really looking at my life actually and I've, I've done this even more so the last few months and going where can I get some more support you know for example in my business because I am still working another job as well right it's not just my coaching I've, I've got something else that I do as well I got a VA to come and support me and she works with my emails and sending invites to clients and my social media content you know we, we support each other in that way in the same way in my day job I've took a back step from some of my responsibilities as well you know I sit on a leadership team and I've said look I can't do these things now so somebody else is going to have to do them and I've been able to drop down to four days a week instead of five in my day job so that it gives me that day back um, as well so it's been about adapting and I know I'm fortunate that I've got an employer that is flexible and that also I'm able to supplement my income right with my business and then being able to, to, to work two things that I really love um, but yeah it's been about finding that balance finding I guess it's tricky still to be honest because I've still not found that real sweet spot because I have mm. these moments of like it's like a roller coaster I mean you can probably relate to this Amy like you know some weeks I'm like yes and then like this week for example I've really been struggling really been struggling mm. this week um and you know the added challenge of the swim which I know I know maybe your listeners are thinking girl did you really need to do that when you're swimming <laughs> but it's no, no judgment good, here <laughs> no good, it's no good telling me these things because if you say no I'm gonna go and do it even more um but no in all seriousness you know I was I was swimming anyway I enjoy swimming and I, I thought let's 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 give this a go it's a bit of a challenge but it, it's yeah it's about managing it right managing it effectively and thinking about you know I would say to any of your listeners that suffer with chronic illness or or maybe have had long covid or, or think they might have it themselves you know make sure that you've got clear boundaries and that you protect yourself because at the end of the day nobody else is going to give you time like you need to to give it to yourself you know it's something that I'm quite passionate about talking to my clients with I work with a lot of women in business or or women that are in you know career-based roles and, and that's one big thing I hear you know regardless of whether there's an illness involved is I actually really struggle for work-life balance or giving myself time and you got to remember that you've got to fill up your own cup first right before you can give anybody else that energy and you know I think if anything I think the pandem pandemic has really opened up people's eyes at how important mental health is I mean yeah. even just yesterday we were having to do these performance reviews at work I'm like you I have my business and then I have um part-time job and it's kind of I love the coaching business because it supplements my income but also it's very flexible so if I have a week where I'm really just not well I can cancel things and it's very flexible yeah. Yeah. so it, it works really lovely but there is that sweet spot and sometimes you're in it and sometimes you're not but even just yesterday at my job we were doing this performance review and at the end it was like how can you what can you do to support yourself and 
it was wasn't in terms of go and do this course go and do that it was very much like how can you put yourself first in yeah. a mental health self-care type way and we were all quite took back that like this performance review is brand new it's the first time we're doing it and we're actually being encouraged actively at work to um, you know, things we would put thick put in things like having clear boundaries with students, mm -hmm. not taking our work home with us on the weekend. And we were being encouraged to do these things. And I think it's that is just such a subtle shift since yeah. the pandemic that yeah. is going to be so welcome for so many people and so necessary for a lot of people as well. Um, and talking about that, I know you said that you do a lot of work for mental health charities. Could you talk a little bit more about the mental health and the work that you do around that? Yeah, of course, Amy. So I guess it's been my own personal journey through mental health, right, that led me to then look at supporting the different services and kind of speaking a bit more openly out on Instagram about this. You know, I'm a I'm a girl with several hats and um, over on my personal Instagram at the Alicia Mayway, I've done quite a few different challenges for mental health. I've supported, um, I work regularly with a brand called Harley Therapy, which are a Harley Street based therapy centre that specialise in, in doing counselling and coaching um, for people with mental health issues. So, um, you know, there's a, a few brands that I collaborate with and support in that way. But what led me to, to doing this, and I, I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't want to be like triggering to people that are listening, but from various different issues that I've had from quite seriously to trying to take my life, to be honest, um, up to having to have time off of stress and suffering from anxiety and, you know, all these things happening, you know, this isn't recent. This is over the period of like 12 years and, and back from when I was 18 up until the recent few years when I then had that time off with stress but I've, I've suffered at different points with different things and I suppose the thing that became quite clear to me was although I had a few clear trigger events you know I can look back at times when things you know went wrong and that I really was struggling to you know identify when I lost my nan was one of them when I, I came out of a, a long-term relationship I was with somebody for five years and that ended quite badly and that had a really bad impact you know I did have some of these trigger events but then at the same time there were other moments where my resilience suffered right and I was just feeling pretty crap in myself and it didn't have to be that a big bang event had happened it was just that you know I wasn't filling up my own cup enough and I, I'd got myself burnt out and was feeling quite low so you know I've had a number of things I can really personally empathize you know I've been on such a journey with it myself and I was somebody that originally was very against therapy very against tablets and stuff like going on different meds and you know it was this, the taboo to be honest that had been built up around it from the media from even from work you know I, I talk about how I, I love my company and how supportive they are now but I remember one of my very first interactions back in 2012 when I joined the bank with a, a manager at that time I don't know if he still works there now to be honest but he said to me we were chatting on the hall in the bank bank because I actually used to work in the physical bank on, on the on the banking hall and he said oh don't ever get signed off with stress it'll ruin your career and I just that stayed with me but stayed with me and then when I did get signed off with it I thought oh here we like it just came back up and you know that has changed so much now that the organization I work for very passionate about mental health and actually it's our charity it's been our charity of the year for the last few years now mental health UK that, that we support and I'm very grateful you know to have that support from my employer but for so long it had been taboo and I know that in recent years you know through Prince Harry speaking out and you've had Rio Ferdinand talking about you know how he moved through losing his wife and all these different different celebrities and, and people of you know of importance talking about these subjects bringing it to the fore and 2017 was the year for me Amy that 
I really had a big, you know, big breakdown, um, then took that time off from, from stress and, and had six months, six months out of work. And it was at that time as well, ironically, and I think it's why I realised how much I was struggling, that I was about to do a fundraiser for Mental Health UK. I'd just signed up, I'd applied to do a challenge. There was only a hundred places. There was like 6,000 people applied. And I applied to go on this trek to Cambodia. To, to, to go to Cambodia and, and trek across across the country this was in 2019 the trip itself was and I'd applied in 2018 got my place got on there was ready to go started my fundraising speaking out about how important it is how it's been impacting me and it was actually through that process that I then got signed off work whilst I was fundraising and raising awareness it raised my own awareness again to go hold on a minute I'm not practicing what I preach I am really struggling here I'm really struggling and it had got to that point Amy where I was taking myself off to the toilets to cry at work I had over a thousand emails in my inbox which is not me like I'm organized I love to have you know everything in folders and make sure things are okay like I wasn't able to even put my washing away I had like a clean pile of washing in the spare room that just couldn't face it was little kind of things that when I look back now at the time it felt like I just went bang but if I look back it's these little drops into the cup that just gradually then overflowed and you know that that's how that that then happened I took that time out so yeah that year I then took the time off came back and when I come back it was one month before going to Cambodia and I had this real kind of fear about do I still do it do I still go for it I've just had all this time off work and my employer and the charity were like Alicia this is exactly what you're doing and what you're practicing and of course you're entitled to go don't feel bad about going out and doing this thing and continuing what you're doing because you firsthand now have had this experience and moved through it right um so that really was the start it was the catalyst for me to continue doing more and I've done some some different speaking events and some free workshops for, for that charity and for other mental health charities like mine some that work with young children in mental health and it's something that I talk about quite regularly on my page and actually my last fitness kind of challenge that I did was back in May this year um and I did 12 uh 12 hours of non-stop exercise like fitness classes so like hit classes there was some yoga thrown in as well so it was a bit easier um but i did 12 hours from 8 a.m till 8 p.m of back-to-back classes to raise awareness and it was in mental health awareness week um and yeah raised i think it was about 1500 pounds i raised that week which was fab so yeah that's kind of a bit of a whistle-stop tour around how i got into supporting those different charities and causes and what that's meant to me as well and why i continue to do so I think that's amazing. And as you say, because you have that very, very real and intense firsthand experience, Mm. using that to catapult into helping others and and fundraising and raising awareness is just such a beautiful way of using all of that struggle, all of that pain that you went through and turning it into a purpose. I think that's so, so beautiful and so inspiring. And I think um, anything anything any of us can do just to sort of give back is always amazing Um, and I loved what you were saying about it's the little things that you notice and I find for me I'm the same I don't necessarily I'm, I'm very in touch with my body and I'm very in touch with like my symptoms, but sometimes it's more of a stress thing and mm. it's the little things and it's the self-care practices that go like, oh, I didn't meditate or I didn't journal. Or, I haven't done that. Oh, I haven't done that in three weeks. Or as you say, like the, the building pile of washing, whatever it might be. And it's the little things. And at the time you don't necessarily think they're that bad because they're tiny, tiny little things, but adding them all together you can then it really for me um a clear mind is a clear home and a clear sort of energy and rituals and all the rest of it 
and when all of those start to get a bit cluttered and muddled that's when Mm. I'm feeling like my mindset is the same and it's it's really interesting it's like chicken and egg isn't it which comes first sometimes because sometimes I'm thinking oh I'm feeling stressed because the house is a mess Mm. or is the house a mess because I'm feeling stressed yeah yeah and actually if you look at it that way around okay what can I do? I need to put myself, my mental health first. I need to look after myself. I need to give back to myself. And things then start to come back together again. But you've got to give yourself that space and that time to do that, haven't you? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so important. So um, what is, two more questions for you. What is the biggest sure. thing to talk about when it comes to COVID and long COVID? Yeah. So for me, I think if I could summarize it in one sentence that there's no such thing as it's just long COVID, you know, that actually there's no need to feel embarrassed or be apologetic about it. It is obviously right. Such a novel condition. And just as we're still learning about the virus itself and the way it's mutating and the different vaccines and and kind of moving through the next steps as we we move out this pandemic, there's also a lot to be learned about long COVID, right. And and moving through what that means for people. And we do need to normalize, I think, as well. Well, that it's not just vulnerable people that can suffer with these conditions that me as a 29 year old fit and healthy you know girl in as I say in inverted commas getting sick like this it really did hit me and there was quite a lot of stigma around that at the time I remember even you know coming back to work and telling people or people around me going oh so you didn't have anything else wrong with you not a heart condition or asthma and I'm like no like and people being quite shocked that actually it could take such an impact on what was otherwise a fit and healthy body right you know as I said I had these couple of little niggles before I've had some some mental health issues and I've I've been anemic for a number of years that's mainly because I don't eat red meat but anyway that's another story um so you know I've had a couple of things like that but nothing major you know nothing you would say is a significant health condition and I think that you know if, if I could say one thing to your listeners and, and people out there is that no matter what you're going through with your chronic illness, if it's long COVID, if it's ME, if it's chronic fatigue, whatever you might be moving through right now, just knowing that you're not alone is something you can take great comfort in. You know, one of the biggest supports I've actually found, Amy, um, and my doctor suggested this to me, was, was going onto Facebook and there's a long, long COVID support group that I'd found on there. Um, they're actually called long COVID support for anybody that's listening and thinks they might have it or have got friends they could recommend it to, but it's a community of over 40,000 people that share their experiences there's actually doctors in there as well journalists like there's you know it's a proper it's not just a you know talking shop for anything it's it's properly regulated and got you know people in there that are gathering evidence as well as sharing things and it's just so reassuring you know there was a post that went up the other day that went March 2020 COVID so like people that had that then how are you all doing now and there was a thread of like 200 odd comments I obviously participated as well and said the biggest thing I'm still struggling with is fatigue and on and off moving through it but seeing that it wasn't just me that other people are having that same issue or even worse there was one lady on there that's still not back to work and she's actually in a wheelchair now um you know and has had some issues with her joints and mobility as part of it and I'm thinking crikey I'm so pleased that you know although I've got these these niggles and these things that are happening Amy that you know there's there's people out there much worse off and it can just be so reassuring can't it knowing you know it it sounds terrible because of course I wouldn't wish it upon anyone but just knowing that you're not alone and that you know there's people out there that get you that are also going through those same things and having those same conversations with their GPs or you know different things that they're doing amazing it is it's finding that community isn't it so lastly I would love to know what um specific rituals or practices that you do that you found particularly helpful with your mental health and and long COVID to sort of bring you back to a state of calm what what are your go-to things to do 
Yeah. Do you know what? To be honest, you probably find this as well, Amy, but being a coach has definitely helped ground me with some of these practices because they're the beautiful practices that I use with my clients that I, I use myself as well that are part of my, my morning routine. But for me, and that's the first one, we'll go straight in with that one, is, is having the morning routine. Now, some people aren't early birds like me and you, Amy, so it might be that that's an evening or a lunchtime time for you. But basically, that's my carved out space for me. First thing, I, you know, don't look at my phone. I make sure that I don't go on to that first thing that I actually just grab my notepad and pen. I journal, I meditate, I do some breathing. And I actually found as well that doing the breath work and continuing to do that, it has helped my lungs, to be honest, like kind of as I, I move through, they're much better now. I've not, as I said, not had anything for some time, but I think that even doing some of those, those breath work practices that I know, but also some of my, my doctor was able to give to me, it just helped me, you know, helped me through recovery and to relax. So it comes back to that comment I made earlier about filling up your own cup first if when you get out of bed in the morning the first thing you do is gift yourself that time and energy to to journal to connect to meditate to just be with yourself and to to have that time then energetically you're showing yourself in the universe that you are putting you first right and you're you're filling up your own cup so i think yeah that's 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 my number one thing that I always do, um, which really benefits me. Now, the other thing which has been, it's been difficult because I think I finally now found the sweet spot that is exercise actually. Because at first I used to be such a gym bunny. I'd normally be six, seven days a week, like all the time going at it, completely changed that now, completely moved out of that and moving more intuitively now and listening to my body because that is such an important thing, right? When you're suffering with a, you know, an illness like this and, and moving through these changing symptoms is really honoring your body. But, you know, there was some people people that were saying don't exercise you need to rest well I actually find that when I don't I feel more lethargic the fatigue is worse you know even if it's just that I'm, I'm with swimming at the moment it's great because it gives me energy but you know even if it's on those days where I wasn't feeling so good just getting out for a walk in nature and being out in the fresh air so good for the mental health as well so you know giving yourself that time to move your body in whatever way feels good it doesn't always have to be go to the gym and do a savage workout it can be put on some ABBA songs in your, your lounge and dance around in your pajamas or go out for a walk or do some slow yoga and stretching you know um so yeah exercise has been a big part of my recovery amazing well, thank you so much for sharing i'm fully there for the morning routine um anybody who follows me knows that i'm a big advocate <laughs> so um finally if people want to come and connect with you can you tell us where they can find you i know you've got two instagrams so what what could they expect yeah. from each instagram <laughs> and yeah where can they come in say hello and connect with you on a deeper level yeah of course i would absolutely love to connect with more of you especially because i'll be honest i've not actually got anyone in my direct circle amy that i know that is uh, has got a chronic illness or long covid so you know on facebook group great to connect with people so i would love to connect with more people that have got chronic illnesses as well um so yeah the alicia mayway at the alicia mayway on instagram is my more personal account as i say i share more things on there you know what i'm up to generally a bit of mental health talk a bit of covid update how i'm feeling um talk about things that i'm super passionate about on there including at the moment my swimming challenge but I'm, I'm guessing by the time you guys listen to that that'll be long down the feed but you can have a scroll and check back on me um, and within that profile as well if you go into my bio you can see different ways that you can digest that side of me so I've got my own podcast as well called the Alicia Mayway podcast and my latest series actually was on finding food freedom and moving through body positivity but I have got another series that has got different topics per episode and one is specifically on mental health as well um, so you know I started my podcast 
because I was really passionate about getting out there and talking and sharing my story and talking about you know things that I'd experienced firsthand through my 20s and going into my 30s and, and sharing it so if you love a podcast which I'm guessing you do because you're listening to this one <laughs> um you'll find that over there so yeah that's the, the bit more of the social Alicia and the things I'm really passionate about and then in terms of my business as I said I'm a, a business and career coach that works with women I am over on at Alicia May coaching and there you'll get lots of different free tips and resources I love a funny reel as well every now and then so you'll see me doing some funny reels and dancing on my Instagram stories bringing all the energy because you know life's too short um but you can connect with me over there to find out a bit more about my business and as I said even if it's that you're thinking oh I'm not really sure that coaching's for me or, or or interested in that area there are some great tips and resources that I share journal prompts and bits and pieces and you can always keep in touch with any upcoming events that I've got and different things that I've got on offer Amazing. I'll link everything in the show notes below. And I know you mentioned earlier you have um, a masterclass available about manifestation. Could you just tell us a little bit about that in case anybody's interested in it? I'd love to. Yeah. And you know what? You might be thinking, Alicia, manifestation, how does this link to long COVID and chronic illness? I know we haven't talked about it. No, all the amazing things we've spoken about today. But I tell you what, there is a link, right? Because directly for me, manifestation practices and then being able to journal and affirm and, and put your in that place it's all about positive mindset and really being able to step into that and and give yourself that that energy and that lift and and that's what what I love manifestation for it's a really beautiful practice so for those of you that aren't familiar with the the art of manifestation it's where you will write your goals or dreams into present tense as though they've already happened and you can feel them and you kind of pull that in really and and work to the goals and the actions that you can take to get you there as well as you know putting out to the universe that this is is the thing I want to achieve and this is how I want to feel but embodying it as though it has already happened right and yeah manifestation is part of my morning routine as well so it's something that that forms part of that magical routine to make me feel good so if you want to learn more about the topic itself how to manifest how to move through the theory and the practice of it um this masterclass is called manifest your life and it is 22 pounds and 22 pence because I love an angel number and the link that will be in the show notes of this and if you head to the link in my bio as well on Alicia May Coaching you can explore different resources I've got as well if you're thinking oh not sure about manifestation but I want to learn more about goal setting or about motivation or anything like that then please feel free to check that out as well. Ah, Amazing thank you so much I feel like I love this podcast episode I've learned so much about long COVID as well I definitely did not know half of what you've told me so I feel like I've been educated so thank you. (laughs) for that (laughs) you're welcome and thank you so much for having me it's amazing to connect with you amy and um really really great to speak out and share this because although i'm able to share snippets snippets of it on social i've not actually come on and spoken like this about me moving through it to be honest and i'll I'll admit i was a bit nervous before today because i thought oh it's gonna be people that listen and like oh what's long covid but you know hopefully this is brought to light for some of those people that aren't aware what exactly that might mean and maybe if you're suffering yourself with some of these little symptoms like the tiredness or you know like um you know changes in how you're able to manage your working day and routine and and things like that some of the things that I spoke about this could be a sign for you to go and speak to your GP or get some further support as well absolutely thank you so much for coming on Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you loved what you heard, please do let me know by taking a quick screenshot and sharing it on Instagram stories, tagging me at Chronic Glow. I appreciate you so much and I cannot wait to see you in the next episode.